Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the $10 a Game sports business podcast, The Sportacast. $9.99. You know <laughs> that this is a psychological thing. Less you than $10 a game. Well, multiple reasons why, again, I'm going to, can I go to my real estate? Like yes. uh, everything goes back to real estate. You don't price an apartment at $1 million or $900,000. I mean, million, a million is a, there's a mansion tax. So there's a whole big different reason for there, but you do it at 9,900 or 899,000, not 900,000. It's a psychological thing. Also in the search boxes, if you say from 900 down, you get it. If you don't, you know, I, sometimes I see some 902. I'm like, what's wrong with you? 902. You have no idea how this game is played. But anyway, people have no idea what we're talking about. But if you're in the New York area and I mean, I know this is obviously direct to consumer. You can be anywhere, but you're very interested if you're in the New York area because Madison Square Garden uh, gave us some update on its direct to consumer product MSG plus. I think. No more pluses, first of all. Yeah, it's we gotta have a Sportacast plus at some point, Scott. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no more pluses. We'll have to we'll have to come up with a, another name. But given some options, direct to consumer. So again, if you cut the cord, cord cutter, cord never, but you love your Knicks and everybody thinks it's just Knicks Rangers. They forget that the Islanders, the Devils, Sabres, also on there. But for like 300 bucks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the, you know, what you $299.99, you can get it for the year. For $29.99, you can get it for the month. Or, and this is the very interesting part, because no RSN, Regional Sports Network, has made this available a la carte. Each game, if you want to see one game, $9.99. doesn't seem like I might as well just buy the $29.99 and, and figure I'll see more than like at least three. But uh, anyway, the offering is out there. And I got to tell you, I've been, the, the, we've heard a lot of, I mean, you get your kind of Nixon Rangers jokes and I don't know why the Knicks are actually here and they're the playoff hunt, like number like five or six in the East. But I, th I think it's just a knee jerk reaction. But it's a, are you kidding me? It's going to be available here. Can I authenticate MSG Go? Is that, go? you know, that'll be rolled into the Ch chill, everybody, chill, everybody. The important part here is that the evolution of direct to consumer cord cutting and now the optionality of a la carte game, even if you don't like the price, I get it. My guessing what ESPN did when they tried to push people toward the bundle, 
mm. right? the Hulu bundle, the, the Disney, they they probably don't want too many $9.99 single game triers. They want to get you to the higher price point. And it makes sense from a dollars and cents standpoint. But just but the I would say the reaction has been uh interesting and mixed and all over the place. And what does this mean? But macro level, Jacob Feldman did a great job explaining that this is where we're going, folks. So get used to it. Yeah, you're right, Scott. This is it's not the first RSN to, to offer its digital uh, its direct to consumer plan, and and Nesson up in uh, New England with the with the Bruins and the Red Sox was the first. Bally's the the the, the, the family of RSNs that is circling the drain, going bankrupt. Uh, they also had their digital offering, but this is definitely the future. Everybody, I'm sorry, wait, hold on, Evan. I'm starting to get a facial tick anytime somebody says Bally's and RSN in the same time. I'm starting. I'm <laughs> developing a facial tick. <laughs> And, and it's true. There's, there's, there's just so much happening right now, specifically in this corner of sports media, and this corner being the the rights and the delivery of local sports broadcasts. And the NFL is its own animal. It does not have this issue. They do all of their stuff locally. But for the other major leagues, the NBA, the the NHL, and Major League Baseball, uh, this is a central part of the equation. Teams get paid a lot of money for these rights. And for a long time, they distributed just on cable. And that was really good and really lucrative for everybody involved. And it's not that way anymore. People are cutting the cord consistently. MSG network, I believe year over year last year, lost 10 and a half, 10 and a half percent of its subscribers. I consider that to be a pretty low number relative to what we've seen uh, with a lot of other with cable, uh, you know, writ large. But yeah, this is a problem. There's less cable subscribers than there were. More people want to watch these things on their phone, on their computer, on their smart TV, and offering a direct-to-consumer way is an easy way of, of delivering it to them. But, Scott, and I do want to talk about the economics here, this is expensive. You're, you're talking about, uh, what, what's the carriage fee for MSG on your cable? It's probably, probably between probably five, no, I was five bucks. Say five to ten dollars, right? Well, it's definitely now, not ten. It's like ESPN is tops at seven and change. Sure. So wh- wherever it is, it's in the it's in the it's in the mid single digits. Now you're talking just to get it digitally, it's thirty dollars a month, right? The, the 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 economics here are so so vastly different than they were in the cable bundle that people were already claiming was expensive. Um, yeah, I'm just really intrigued by essentially how this all does play out in the end. But but it feels as though um, if you're going to be a cableless subscriber and, and you care about your local teams, uh, this is going to end up being a way more expensive proposition than it was five years ago. Let me ask you this, Professor Novi Williams, because as you know, I have been, I was one howling, you know, maybe I was not the lone voice, but I was certainly in the minority. I spoke up for the oft-criticized cable bundle. Remember the, I don't watch that channel. I shouldn't have to pay for it complaint, you know? Whether it's HGTV, whether it's C-SPAN, whether it's, I don't know, give me some other things that, you know, Disney, whether it's, I'm trying to think of what what my focus group of one watches that I never do, but whatever it may be. A&E, Hey, you know me, Law & Order. I love my Law & Order. TNT, gotta have it. I gotta have TNT uh, for Law & Order, not the NBA and and Shaq and Kenny and... and, uh, and Chuck. Um, so I was the one who for all that time was thinking, I think this is a pretty good value for sort of the collective proposition that I get. And everybody called me an idiot and they cut the cord. And now that, I mean, I guess there's a lot of good things on Apple and Hulu. And have you seen Tiger King? Have you seen, I mean, I can't even keep up. What, what are the big ones now? What's every white Lotus? 
But the Last I, of Us is big on HBO. La, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot keep up with all the individual shows that people tell me I should be watching. Succession and this and that. I don't remember where they're on. I'd have to sign up for myriad services. And when I aggregate the dollars that I'm paying for all this stuff, I think I'm going to wind up paying more than I did for the cable or do still. I'm still there for the cable bundle. I just... I just never saw it as a bad option, and I liked the fact that I would stumble into programming that, no, I wouldn't ordinarily watch, and that does not mean Naked and Afraid. You get some documentaries, um, I, I like some nature stuff, some some discovery stuff, some National Geographic stuff. I, you know, I, when you when you're got a, a 200 and however, I don't even know how many channels I have, but when I'm flipping through... I will tell you, I will stop and be like, oh, that's interesting and watch that for a little bit. And, and you just don't get that exposure. So if I'm going to limit myself to sort of, I want to watch Nixon Rangers and Devils and Islanders and, and say, oh, all right, I'm still paying a pretty, pretty big penny, but I don't get the optionality that I have in my cable bundle. And then, I, of course, I can get YouTube and I can get this. I got it. I know there are options out there. I just find the cable bundle to be very simple for me. And this is really specific. Like you said, 30 bucks a month in in totality. If you're going to watch all those, if you are a, a diehard for any team, I frankly don't think 30 bucks is a lot if that's what you watch. Like if you know you're going to watch every, you're a hockey fan, you want to watch every Ranger game every day. Okay, great. I don't think it's that much money for what you're getting, especially when I think about what I pay if I go to a movie theater for two hours of entertainment. I gotta, I'm trying to keep things, you know, compare. But what do we say? What are sports competing against? Everything that's entertainment. Right, that's movie theaters. That's every you name it. So I think from that perspective, it's a great value. But yeah, it's I an think interesting people way find to, they want more. It's an interesting way to look at that because again, if I'm a cable five years ago on cable, I was paying six dollars, whatever it is, I was paying six dollars for this, and now it's thirty dollars a month ju just to get it right. And if I'm a if I'm a, a diehard New York sports fan, and I and I don't have cable, at some point I'm going to be paying. $30 a month for MSG. What, what do we think? Yes. Network's going to cost maybe a little bit less because it's less teams. It's, it's, it's nets and it's, it's Yankees. And then I, I care about the Mets also. I need to get SNY plus and, yeah. and suddenly j just to do things that under the cable bundle was costing you probably around $30 a month. You may be looking at a hundred dollars a month or something like that. I, I do think that in, in, in some ways just the sticker shock. And, and I, I agree with you about the comparison to wider entertainment, but this is a this is a thing that cost significantly less five years ago, and because of a new model, is, is going to cost consumers significantly more in, to get it the way that they want. Novi Williams, let me ask you this: but you don't you don't have kids, ellipse yet. <laughs> when's the last time? And not that this has to be a kids only um, yeah. thing to do, but when's the last time you went bowling? Oh man, uh, it was in, in Nashville for a bachelor party like three years ago. Okay, I'm not even going to count anything in Nashville outside of New York. But so, <laughs> if you take your kid and a couple of friends or whatever bowling between shoes, and they want to go, how many how many games these two or three? Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding you. You're looking at a hundred bucks. Yep, it's insane. You when's the last time you went mini golf or yep. indoor one of those little arcade play? It's insane when you compare all the things that fall into the entertainment genre and compare it to what I'm paying to watch two hours almost every night of entertainment watching the team I'm happy for. 
you will not, I'm going to say it again, kvetch <laughs> about what you are paying. It's, it's, it's a pretty good damn deal. Well, we'll take those same kids bowling. Instead of bowling, take them to, take them to a Knicks game at the Garden, right? Can't, and you're going to no, pay $1,000, no, 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 right? no, 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 no. <laughs> I will pay more for water and ice cream. I told you I was just, where were we? We were in St. Louis. Yeah, I took my focus group of one and his, and his teammate to the St. Louis Blues Anaheim Ducks game. Um, hello, Trevor Zegras, mid Fairfield graduate. Um, but we, we went to see that game and his teammate had gotten a hat trick that night or that afternoon in one of our games. And I'm at the concession stand by myself and they wanted chicken fingers, fries, of course, like a water or a soda. And I saw they had something called the hat trick special, which was an ice cream concoction. Right. So yeah. I got so two orders of chicken fingers, fries, uh, two sodas, I believe. Three hat tricks because I partook in that one. I'm not kidding you. I think I was at 80 to 100 bucks. I don't remember yeah. what it was, but I was like, I, I know it was going to cost a lot because I'm in an arena, but I was outside of New York and I'm like, all right. And I, I silly me, I, I wasn't really looking at the prices. And, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? On top of, you know, on top of other things, you know, when you got to pay tickets and foam fingers and t shirts and, and, and just, it's a staggering what the price of and I, I'm not picking on sports. I got yeah. it, you know. I because it's no matter where you go, go to the been to the circus lately. <laughs> you know, it's just it just costs a ton of money, which is why I have a hard time getting all bent out of shape when my cable bill comes in and for my internet again. Remember, it used to be the triple play. You got your phone with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, whatever. Now throw it's that double out. play. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who has it. Yeah, it's the double play now. But I get my I get my broadband. And I've got, I don't know how many hundreds of channels YouTube is, is on there. I've got, you know, the pay-per-view option if I want and whatever. I get it. every game I could possibly want of my local teams. Plus, I get the Nationals on ESPN, TNT, USA, uh, you know, so I can watch English Premier League, get all of it. And it's like, I don't know, I don't even know what it's like, maybe 200 bucks a month. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't think that's a terrible idea for the amount of hours that are available to me. Not that I sit there for, for 300 hours, but what is available to me, I think is a pretty good deal. I also wonder how much of this one, you, you hit it at the top. This is, this is five professional, big professional sports teams. It's the Knicks, the Rangers, the Devils, the Sabres, and the Islanders. Most RSNs around the country have fewer than five yes. teams that they have rights to, at least big, big level teams. Uh, so I do think that this, this this may be kind of a uniquely high price point because it's New York City or, or maybe more so because it is it is five major teams. Uh, but, but again, almost every, if not every, I would think RSN is going to have some kind of a digital direct-to-consumer option at some point in the next few years. And I'm really interested to see if this is a price point that holds, if this is a price point that we look back at as high, or if this is a price point we look back at and say, wow, yeah, the the, the market really coalesced around something that was even more expensive and fans were willing to pay it. So in, in some ways, I do think the 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 uh, what what fans are willing to pay is going to dictate in some ways where I think a lot of these RSNs, the digital offerings net out in the next couple of years. Did we get pricing on Nesson? I don't remember. I'm trying to look real. I'm, I'm trying to Nesson, Google. Nesson, I believe, was $30 a month. It was like 30 month, bucks, right? Oh, here it, it is. It, it, was, it was between 20 and 30 yeah. The, pl the monthly plan will bill $1 for the first month, followed by $29.99 once per month annual subscription, billed at $329.99. And that's okay. two teams. That's the that's, Red Sox and the Bruins. Yeah, and let's not forget, when you got a baseball team, I think you pump it up a little bit because it's 162 games. Take away also the national fair. broadcast. Yep. You got many, many more games. You know, obviously in hockey and basketball, it's 82. 
So minus the national, yeah, I get it. So yeah, again, it's going to be really interesting to see in this sort of RSN is crumbling. Leagues are taking over broadcast. You saw MLB hired three executives to work on sort of a local media division. They're preparing to be able, maybe they produce the games, which are not cheap, sell to um, to distributors. Uh, we don't know what it's going to look like yet. But we, we do know that the idea of the RSN, which not so long ago was the panacea. I mean, everybody was counting their dollars. And it should everybody in Houston or everybody in the business who who was looking at this should have really sort of taken a step back when it didn't work in Houston, when, when it was the, uh, the Rockets and the Astros and Les Alexander had started an RSN there. And I think it just doesn't work everywhere. Uh, and I don't know how you gauge where it will and will not work, but it it did not work there. Whereas New York, I think you've got sort of these these crazy number diehard fans where they they have to see it. Um, yeah, I, it's just not the answer anymore. And once again, let's go back to that great description that one sports executive said: melting glacier. You know, yeah. and I think I think the rate of melt, if I will, I think the polar ice caps of RSNs are a lot smaller, and a big chunk just broke off, and it's floating down. It's soon going to come down the Hudson River. <laughs> <laughs> but before we turn on this topic, I do want to just talk about the, the $10 single game option. I think for most people, it struck as, as obviously very high. I think the, the simple truth there is that that's not an option. I think they think too many people are going to avail themselves of when you can get the, the whole monthly subscription for, for, for three times that. Um, but I do think that there's going to be probably a surprising amount of people that choose to just buy the people, not like you or I, Scott, but the people for whom being price conscious is maybe not critical who, who actually just like the easy idea of, you know, every time I want to watch a game, I want to, I want to do this. We see people, you know, the, the analogy I would give, I, I knew people in, in New York uh, when I was younger who would just consistently load up their Metro cards, even though they were using it more than the monthly cost was. And they were well aware that it would be cheaper to get a monthly thing, but just figured it was easier to just, when it gets low, keep, keep, keep refilling it. And I do think that there's going to be a subset of people who just choose to pay $10 every time they want to watch the Knicks game or every time they want to watch the Rangers game uh, and, and and do so at, at significantly worse economics just because in, in the way that they think about personal transactions, that's just an easier thing to do. All right. I could not be friends with those people. <laughs> if, if, you went, if you and I went to the same cocktail party and you introduced me to the person that said, I know it's cheaper for me to get the monthly Metro card. I know I have it through work where I can do pre-tax dollars, so it doesn't cost me as much. However, I still choose to just load up my card every month. I would have a serious problem talking to that person. And, and, and I bet you see um, there are a lot of news sites. Uh, Sportico does not do this, but there's a lot of news sites that give you an option. Instead of being a subscriber to pick your newspaper, you can pay... Two or three dollars to see this specific article, and I would bet there are there are fairly power consumers of some of those sites that, in the aggregate, end up paying way more than a monthly subscription each month by buying specific articles uh, th th than they would if they just became a subscriber as it is. So I, I do think, and if there was any ever a way to to see this for MSG Plus, I'd be fascinated. But I do think there are a lot of people that are going to hit that a la carte option, even though either consciously or subconsciously, uh, they, they know that it, it would be significantly cheaper just, just to hit the monthly or even the yearly subscription. All right, I'm going to make the analogy to my sushi. And Ooh. yeah, I can only do all-you-can-eat sushi. Now. <laughs> I am so used to, I think it's 25, 27 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, when I was living in the city, in New York City, was it was yuca. 
I think it was okay. Second Avenue between 80th and 81st or something like that. Right now, I have something called Eastgate, five minute drive from my house, um, 26 bucks, all you can eat. If I a la carte, and by the way, I've never been sick afterwards. I've, so everybody's always the thing. How is it? I've, I've never had a, a no bad free reaction. ads, Scott. No yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying I've not. I have not had any bad and adverse reactions to the sushi and the all you can eat places. Um, if I want to a la carte the amount of food I eat on my all you can eat trips and what I think I, I require. And by the way, I'm down on the on the the trick of loading up the rice. I've had a conversation with my uh, with my folks at my current establishment oh gosh <laughs> I, 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 my, my, my wife and and my focus group of one they they just could not believe I, I'm like hey yeah I, I called her see I, this I see what you're doing this, here <laughs> this is too much rice for what yeah 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 I, I, I got it I, I want to be a loyal customer I will be back but this is unacceptable give me a de- like a human portion size of rice on these pieces just fine I understand what's going on here I mean, it was a total Larry David moment I see what's happening. It's not okay. Tell the guy behind the counter, I need less rice on here. Let's do a human p- uh, portion. Um, but I will never, like if somebody says you want to go for sushi, I'm like, is it all, all you can eat? Like, I don't even want to think about it because otherwise I will have like five pieces and I'm at my dollar amount for my all you can eat. And I, I, I can't in good conscience spend more, but I'm starving when I leave. So Amazing. unlike you, I want the, I want the Metro card fully, but I want to know I can watch everything I want to watch without having to dig in my pocket multiple times. So let's let's transition here. We're recording yeah, good, this. Good luck, good luck transitioning from that. <laughs> from uh, raw fish to the new NCA president. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this on Wednesday, Scott. Wednesday is the first day on the job for new NCA president Charlie Baker. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Charlie uh, a few days before he took over. I talked to him on Monday. Um, and you'll be familiar with this because you're a journalist as well. Sometimes you give oh, interviews, thanks, and, Evan. And, and there's moments where. Uh, where where you just you're just so surprised by an answer somebody gives that it kind of catches you off guard. And I had that experience earlier this week with Charlie Baker talking to him about compensation for athletes. Obviously, something that the NCA has been extremely uh, staunch uh, opponents to for uh, forever, really. And I asked him point blank at one point, "Do you think that SEC football players should be paid?" And I asked it fully expecting him to say, no, of course no, not. No, of course not. No why. way. Right. And uh, that's not what he said. He he took a pause. By the way, in, in our old gig, this is where we would play the clip, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Only. But why don't um, you just, why don't you just summarize it for me? So, so I asked him, he took a pause and he said, that's exactly the kind of thing that I want to talk to our membership about. And in my head, I was like, whoa, uh, okay. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you think those conversations look like. And again, he paused and said, I would rather talk to them first before I say anything more. Um, and that, yeah, that, that was an eye opener to me, Scott. He's taking over from Mark Emmer who had the job for 13, 14 years. Uh, it, it's no secret that the NCA has slowly been losing its grip and losing its control on college sports in the face of, Numerous advocacy pushes, campaigns, legal challenges, state and federal legislators also trying to get involved. Uh, and, and so much of what the NCA has espoused recently is kind of hanging on to this idea of amateurism, this idea that even though athletes can be paid right now for, for marketing opportunities, and even though they now get the full cost of attendance, uh, that they, they are not paid salaries and should not be. And to hear the incoming president not say that they should be paid, because to be very clear, that's not what he said. But to at least take he a beat didn't and, flat out and, say and, they and not say that flat out that they shouldn't, I think is a is a really interesting development, and uh, we're going to see in the next few months what Charlie Baker's leadership 
what is new about it, what is different from from what it was under Emmert or or what's going to be the same. But at least that hinted at potentially a, a very different approach, at least to the top, top tier of college sports than we've seen in the past. All right. Where do I want to start? All right. So what does that response tell you? It tells like immediately how it directly affects us, how we're in the mix, how we are the uh, platform for thought leadership, how we help shape the industry here at Sportico. What does it tell you? That response. What does it tell you? <laughs> I like I like that answer. Uh, the the thing that the thing that and, and this is the, the the kind of the genesis of of the reason that I had asked him specifically about the SEC. But the thing that he had done earlier in our conversation was create this clear delineation between and I'm using his words here, traditional college sports and big time college sports. And, and the delineation he made is that for there's 520,000 NCAA athletes every year. And he said about 510,000 of them are playing specific sports at specific schools at specific levels that are not generating any money. They are just essentially student enrichment programs. And it's a very amateur experience. I had that experience uh, playing lightweight football at Princeton. He had that experience playing basketball at Harvard. The vast majority of athletes are amateur in all the ways the NCAA. Wait, did you just says compare lightweight football at Princeton to basketball at Harvard? Hello, Tommy <laughs> Amaker. Hello, Jeremy Lin. Seriously, uh, I, I'm not comparing them, but I I'll, do believe I'll, I'll that bet they, you Harvard it, Harvard basketball <laughs> makes some money these days. They go to they go. The players do go to the NBA and WNBA. And hello, Jessica Gelman, fan of the show. Come on, that is fair. I think it may have been a little bit different when, when he played, but the the point being that for the first time. Mark Emmert never really made that distinction to, to make this this distinction or, or at least recognize that there is at least a, a subset of college athletes for whom the experience is something a little bit more than than the traditional form of amateurism. That feels like a really big deal. Right. And if it is true that that, that Charlie does think differently about and who knows exactly where he draws the line, but thinks differently about Big Ten basketball and, 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 and SEC football than he does about Division three gymnastics or divisions three baseball or softball. Uh, that actually seems like it is progress and also obviously a, a dramatic change and, Evan, and yeah, a, a much needed and much welcomed acknowledgement that where, where do we stand on four letter words on this show? Do we use them? We use that S H blank blank changes. Okay. It is not <laughs> 10, 20 years ago. Things change. Yeah. And it tells me, I mean, you never answered my question. That was a nice little soliloquy you went off on there, but you didn't really address what I said. What does that tell you? It tells me that Charlie Baker read Mike McCann's letter mm. that's probably sitting on his desk. Our Mike McCann wrote an open letter to Charlie Baker as you're coming in. And he, he said, you're not going to win this fight. Take a look at how things have changed, embrace changed, figure out a way to work with the constituencies to address the change that needs to happen. Tells me that maybe he read the guest op-ed from Joe Moglia, you know, Coastal Carolina, a formerly coach, now uh, you know, adv advisor, former CEO of the board of TD Ameritrade, where Joe said, question, the NCAA needs the Power Five. Do the Power Five need the NCAA? All coming back to a world where, again, I go back to my Steve Paliuka example of trying to buy the NHL all, all those years ago, somebody's going to figure out a way, and I, and I keep expecting you know, the private equity companies to jump in, and man, we got to be there when they do. How are we going to get together, privatize the top 50 teams of college football, crank this cash register, make it all about profit, pay these players, the better you are, the more you make, et cetera, and privatize this sucker. That's where I think we're headed. But 
I think he slows the progression and has better product if he under if he at least shows that he understands and makes meaningful movement towards addressing the change that athletes want to see. And, and all of that I think is right. And and I've talked to a number of ADs and power five ADs who are already kind of on the side thinking about if we have to cleave the basketball teams and the football team off of the athletic department in some way and very much treat the students there and, and the programs there differently than we treat everybody else. So, so I do think this gap or, or this schism uh, between uh, whatever it is, big time college sports and traditional college sports, that seems like something that, that all of the powers that be uh, in, in the NCAA world right now are thinking about. And Charlie Baker would obviously be still is a, a powerful voice uh, in, in, in contributing to that language. Scott, before we go, um, let's touch on the commanders real quick. You said earlier this week on our on our Tuesday show that it was increasingly looking like the the drama around the commanders was going to come down to what the NFL other NFL owners, how far they were willing to go uh, to force Dan Snyder to sell. And right after you said that uh, two really big reports, one from ESPN, one from The Washington Post come out about. Dan, the ESPN story about Dan's financial shenanigans and what the NFL knew and what it didn't. The Washington Post story saying Dan is asking for indemnity uh, for, for anything that were to come up after he sold. If he does, uh, this seems to bolster your point that there there is continually learning more information and the, the 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 relationship between Dan and the rest of the owners is getting more and more complicated. At its core, just don't believe Dan Snyder wants to sell. Same as I always look at the Glazers in Manchester United and say, I don't think the Glazers want to be sellers either. And that stock price is going up and down based on, you know, which report of the day. Um, yeah, you've got, you know, Dan flying in his plane with his four and a half million dollar annual endorsement <laughs> fee for the, for the commander's logo flying east. You've got <laughs> the NFL owners. In the corporate jet of Roger Goodell flying west, they are headed directly at each other. Which pilot veers off to the right first? They're playing yeah. a game of chicken here. Uh, and boy, I, 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 no way of knowing where, where it, it's going to end. But right now, you've got Josh Harris sitting there with a bit of around probably $5.5 billion. I don't believe Tillman, Tillman Fertitta is going to make a, a bigger bid for this team for, for multitude reasons. Um, you've got Jeff Bezos hanging around. Like I would think that the best shot that the NFL has at making this happen is for Roger Goodell to get to Jeff Bezos and say, I think you need to go public with a big number <laughs> offer. Please. So that at least takes it takes the opportunity for Dan Snyder to go to the league and allege that this, whether it's a forced sale or not, the perceived or perception that this is a forced sale is depreciating offers um, or suppressing offers. Uh, that takes that off the table. If he gets an offer for six and a half, seven billion dollars, if he chooses not to take it because who's making the offer? Okay, well, that's on him. You know, that if he doesn't want to sell to Jeff Bezos, okay, whatever. Uh, but let's take that optionality off the table. Um, maybe, maybe slows down the threat of litigation. Uh, from Dan Snyder towards the NFL. Uh, they, they don't want to set this precedent of, of NFL owners being deposed, NFL executives being deposed. Um, yeah, I, I just don't believe he wants to sell. That That's what it boils down to. I don't think Dan Snyder wants to give up the team. 
This feels to me, it is like almost feels like it's getting to, to soap opera level as the NFL turns in some ways. It's clear the, the ESPN story, I think, did a really good job. It is clear that the NFL has made in the past few years a number of concessions to Dan, things they were aware that he was doing. Uh, that they were willing to kind of turn a blind eye on. In this case, the a fifty-five million dollar loan that he got to to buy out his shareholders that the 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 other shareholders say was a violation of their partnership agreement. That they told the NFL that, uh, and nothing really came of it. Um, and I do wonder if the NFL, in some ways, is is regretting the the lengths it's gone to help someone who was in the club a number of years ago. Now that that his club membership has become uh, toxic, for lack of a better word. Uh, it, there's just so many little folds here. And, and, and we talked about this a few years ago when, when uh, Stan Kroenke, in, in, in the lawsuits in the aftermath of moving the Rams to L.A., he also asked owners for indemnity. They did not want to give it to him. He ended up paying, I think, 570 of the $700-plus million settlement that, 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 that came as a result of, of the NFL violating its own club rules in terms of that move. Um, I think anytime an owner comes to to the fellow owners and asks for indemnity, that's the kind of thing that that ruffles a lot of feathers, and I think makes people uh, makes people pretty concerned. But every day there, there's new news here. We have a new report coming out at some point soon. The Mary Jo White report. Dan Snyder apparently, according to the Post, uh, wants that also to be sealed and and not released to the public, uh, which which would cause a, a storm of its own. There's just so many little folds here. Uh, in the the richest, most valuable property in in American sports. If I may, let's bring it back to the real estate to close things out. Uh, If you've ever bought a property, all right, I don't know, dishwasher seems kind of old, looks a little leaky. What's that spot on the ceiling? I think maybe there's a leak. No, I had it fixed, whatever. All right, you know what we got to do to make me complete this transaction? What's the key word here, Evan Novi Williams? It's called escrow. Hmm. You put some money. What is Dan willing to do? What, how, what kind of money are we willing to put into escrow that if there is any finding of whatever, you put your cap at a certain amount, maybe the other league owners share the rest. You know, what goes into that escrow account? Should there be uh, you know, so, some sort of uh, proceeding uh, or finding against him uh, after this? I, I can solve it all with real estate. Like the Barbara Corcoran will be the new commissioner of the <laughs> NFL. There it is. It, it's over. It's Barbara Corcoran. There you go. Uh, I don't know, but I, I do. I do think there's over parallels between the real estate industry and what's going on. I like to bring it up, and uh, I can't wait to see my MSG plus. All right, he is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I'm Scott Soshnick on Twitter at Soshnick. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Thank you very much, Matt. Digital media editor, Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.